Okay, everyone. Starting a little late, but we're going to learn. So it's Parshas Bereshis, and um, the way is we discussed in the last class, in the um, key, key to Redemption in Our Hands class, um, Bereshis, which we still have to finish, not, not tonight, um, the way we set ourselves up on Shabbos Bereshis, so we'll go the whole year. So it's really good to us to set ourselves up tonight with this beautiful discourse, which is going to speak about the whole new world, the bright new world that's coming our way, a new heaven and a new earth. Since this week, Bereshit, we learned about the heaven and the earth, the creation of heaven and earth. We're going to find out that there is a level of heaven and earth that is coming our way that is beyond everything we've seen till now. And a really beautiful heaven and earth. So, um, let's do a dive, a deep Hasidic dive. So we free ourselves up from all the, all the stuff that has been bombarding us this week, all the, all the heaviness and difficulty. And let's go into a beautiful place a little bit. Let's go visit Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. Let's go visit the work that Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava did in Gan Eden. And the incredible new heaven and earth, which is much higher than the Garden of Eden and all that that we've had in the past that we're going to have in the future. So this is a mimer. Usually we start now learning Torah or we finished already. All the memorandum and Bereshis on Torah are. So I picked the discourse in Song of Songs, also on Makutei Torah, in Song of Songs, in, this is the last mimer in Torah, in Makutei Torah. Yeah, this is the last discourse in the entire book of Makutei Torah. Now, there is this discourse, and then there is an explanation on it. So we're going to learn the main discourse, and then there's an explanation. Let's see how maybe we'll learn both of them. We'll make a siyam on the end of the We didn't finish the entire book, but this is on page 48. Memches, or in the book of the Torah, it's page 96 in Shir HaShirim. Its relationship to Parshat Vereshes. First of all, the Maimah was said by the Alter Rebbe in Tov Kuf Samach Dalid, which is 1804. It was said on Parshas Korach, Friday night Parshas Korach, which is, you know, in June. What is, well, how does it come in? What does it have to do with Bereshis? I assume that that year, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, came out on Shabbos. This Pasuk that the Alter Rebbe is talking about is a verse from the Haftorah that we read when Rosh Chodesh falls out on Shabbos. So I assume that that's why the Alter Rebbe spoke on this Haftorah that Shabbos, because it was Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. And if it's Parshas Korach, that means Chodesh Tammuz. That's the time of Chodesh Tammuz. It was Rosh Chodesh Tammuz. So the Alter Rebbe said a mimer on the Haftorah, on the, on the portion of prophet that we read, we read at that time. And which prophet, portion of the prophets do we read? It's the last chapter in Isaiah. 
in Yeshaya. It's the conclusion. And these psukim are the last, the last verses of the last book of Isaiah, which is known as Isaiah, Yeshaya is the Navi HaGeula. He's the prophet of the redemption. So at the end of his book, he speaks about a new heaven and a new earth that I am making. Speaking about the new glorious world of Mashiach. How do we know it's connected to this week's Parsha? Parsha's Bereshis. I mean, how do I mean I can make a connection? It's a new earth, heaven and a new earth. Parsha Bereshis, heaven and earth. But the connection is stronger because the opening verse of the Haftorah is describing something about the current heaven and the earth. The opening verse of this Haftorah is Hashemayim Kisi Va'aret Hadom Ragli, which means heaven is my throne, God says, and earth is where I place my feet, my footstool. That's the first of the verses. Now, the first mimer, you hear this? The first discourse in Torah R, which is the first volume of Lakuti Torah. The first mimer doesn't begin with Bereshis Barulakinas Hashemayim Vesaret. The first mimer in Torah R is Hashemayim Kisi Va'aret Sadom Ragli. Is I'm having such light now. I have a heavy heart, but I have a lot of light coming in my mind. So I hope the heavy light that's coming in the mind will cleanse the darkness in the heart that I'm feeling. I'm sorry for sharing this. It's just because this stuff going on this week has been too in, is intense. So we need to like free ourselves from the from that negativity. That's why I'm saying this. It's really a true thing. We really have to free ourselves from it so that we can allow the new light to come in, the light of Mashiach, the light of Giula, to flood us. So in Torah Or, the, the Mimer starts, the first book of, of, of the, it starts with, with the Mimer, uh, the first, it was the Alter Rebbe's Mimer is not on the beginning God created heaven and earth, but rather the earth is my throne, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool, which is the first verse of chapter um, 66 in Isaiah. The new heaven and the new earth is the last verse, or the second to the last, or third to the last, one the, within the last three verses of that Haftorah. So both of them speak about heaven and earth. One of them speaks about one verse speaks about the true nature of heaven and earth. Now, what is the heaven really? A throne of God. And what is the earth really? God's footstool. But in the end of the Torah, it speaks about a new heaven and a new earth. So is that the new heaven? And name? Is it the same heaven that is God's throne? It's the same heaven that is, God, that is, that is God's footstool? No, it's a much higher level, which will reveal itself in the future. So the Alter Rebbe opens up his entire book. You know, the Alter Rebbe didn't write this himself, but Bashgacha Pratis, the Tzemach Tzedek, his grandson, 
organized the Maimarim, the discourses, it came out that the beginning, the Rebbe points this out, the beginning of Torah Or, which is the first, the beginning of all parts, and the last of the entire Torah Or, because Shira Shirim was added on in the end, and the last Maimar of Shira Shirim is not even on Shira Shirim. That's also, it's not a Pasuk of Shira Shirim. What's it doing here? You see, it was on un purposely created, put there, because it was supposed to end with the similar to the beginning, because the end and the beginning are supposed to match up. It's both psukim of the Aftar. So, 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 why am I getting so excited about it? The, the mimer over here, this mimer, the discourse we're learning tonight, is going to explain the difference between heaven and earth currently and heaven and earth that's the new heaven that God will create. But when he speaks about the heaven and earth currently, he's explaining the potential of heaven and earth currently. Meaning what is accomplished through, through the service of Torah and mitzvahs, through the service, to the work of mankind, and through the work of the Jewish people primarily, through all of the Torah and the mitzvot that we do, spilling over to mankind and all their service, to the service of Hashem, what does it do? It's inviting God into the world. In other words, the reason why, this is my own take, the reason why the Alter Rebbe does not start Lakuti Torah and Torah or with the Pasuk, Bereshis Bara Elokim, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Because that's what God did. The Alter Rebbe, and, and, and what, kind of, what kind of heaven and earth did God create? A heaven and earth that only has a tiny minuscule of the divine in it. As we're going to see, that's the main point of the beginning of the discourse. The heaven and earth that God created only has a tiny minuscule of divinity in it. Then God charged the human being to pump God into the world, to pump godliness into the world and make the heavens be God's throne. What happens on a throne? The person sits down on the throne, the person himself. So creation is not just being enlivened by a little flow of current, a little, a little electric current coming from God, but rather God himself comes and vests himself into heaven and into earth. And that's what we need to accomplish. And that's what God brought the human being to bring, to bring Hashem closer to the world, to make the world God's private place, his home, that Hashem should be intimate with the world, involved in the world. The Alter Rebbe is not talking about creation. The whole point of the Alter Rebbe is to open up the world to receive, to receive Hashem in the world. That's why the first, and that's why that's the first mimer. Because when you learn Hasidus, that becomes your obsession. You don't want just a good life in this world. You want a godly world. You want Hashem in this world. So it's almost like an opener, the perfect opener of the entire book. When you're learning Torah itself in the first verse that God created heaven and earth, you have heaven and earth. When you get to Yish, you get to Isaiah, who's who's telling you the inside story, what is he telling you? The potential. As a result of Torah and mitzvot and the observance and then our engagement with God, then the heaven and the earth becomes 
in, becomes vested with God himself. And what happens when we finished vesting God himself into the world through thousands of years of service? You know what happens? We take this big red book. And I only have volume two. Really, this is volume three, because look what the Torah is, two volumes, and then this Torah or, which is a whole new volume. So you take this big red, big book, you finish to the last discourse. So kind of you've completed all the work, and we've kind of vested Hashem in the world. So the world is no more a ray of God. The world has Hashem himself in it. What happens next? Then God kicks in, and God does his improvement. In other words, after we've improved it to the highest that we can improve it and bring Hashem in, now Hashem says, now that I'm here, let me show you what I can do. And then he recreates heaven and earth to be, to top it off, to put the cherry on the top on everything that we did. And it's like, oh, wow. So these are the two discourses. And in the middle is sandwiched all of Lakute Torah and all of Torah are and all of human history, the beginning and the end. Now, the Tzemach Tzedek was the one who took the discourse that the Alter Rebbe said on the same Torah, which is also not on Beratius, and he placed it on Pasha's Beratius. If the first verse, why? Because it's talking about heaven and earth. So it belongs in Pasha's Beratius. Even though it, it, it's not on a verse, it's not stated, it's not said on a Pasuk of Pasha's Beratius. But the Tzemach said they took that mimer and he placed it as the opening mimer of Torah. So if this verse, um, which the Tzemach Tzedek purposely placed as the sandwich, as the completer, as the closer of all of the Kuti Torah, it's the ultimate conclusion when God will like explaining to us what's the Mashiach heaven and earth that's going to be in the future, the, 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 the incredible upgrade that the world will experience because God will then remake it. So then the last one also belongs in Pasha's Beratius. They're both from the same Haftarah and they both speak about heaven and earth. That's my own little thought, but to prove it, in Sefer or HaTorah, which is the Tzemach Tzedek, he takes this discourse and he puts it in Beratius, not in Shirashir. There you go. So it does belong in Beratius. It was said in Parshas Korach, it's Shabbos Mevorchim, but it does belong in Parshas And Bashgach Pratis, because we're holding at the time when God is now ready to remake the heaven and earth, first of all, we haven't even yet seen the heaven and earth that we create. First, we're going to see that. And then later in the seventh millennia, that's when God recreates heaven and earth. But first, we're going to enjoy the world, the godly world, once the darkness is eliminated. We're going to enjoy the godly world, which we create. Now, God created heaven and earth. When we say the godly world that we created, means we invested God in the world through our actions. We made this world into God's throne, the heavens into God's throne, and we made earth Hashem's footstool, where Hashem puts his feet. How did we do it? Through a type of service that's called heaven and a type of service that's called earth. When we serve Hashem in a heavenly manner, we'll soon see what that is, we make heaven, we redefine heaven 
and make heaven into the, the throne of God. And when we do the earth service, then we make earth into God's footstool. That's what we mean that we created the heaven and earth. We, when Mashiach will come, the lights will turn on and we will see all of this. After a period of time living in the messianic incredible light, Hashem will ratchet it up on levels that are not even possible to imagine. And heaven and earth is going to become infinitely higher even than they are now with the investure of Hashem. In other words, Hashem is going to do a little remodeling, if you might say. He's first going to come and live with us in the perfect world that we created for him. And then he's going to say, you know, time for a little upgrade. And as the Alter Rebbe is going to explain, what's the upgrade? The upgrade is levels of Hashem that are, that cannot be, that can, we could never have reached and bring that into the world. And that becomes the new heaven and the new earth. To accomplish that, we're going to have super souls in the days of Mashiach, like the Shamas Chadashis. <laughs> They're going to be engaged in that. It's, 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 it all comes from above. But to help us, to help us absorb such light, so let's learn the mimer inside. It's a refreshing, very refreshing. Like the new heavens. So the altar in his mimer juxtaposes. Anybody knows what that means? Means he. He aligns the beginning of the of the of the chapter in Isaiah with the end. The two verses that speak about heaven and earth. One of them that says that the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And many verses later, where it says, as the new heaven and the new earth that I am creating. These two. And he puts them and he aligns them together and he says so what's the difference between this heaven and earth and what the and what will be the new heaven and the earth how do we understand the two of them to understand the the difference to understand the difference between these two it says that Hashem put Adam Marishon in Ganeden La'avda, God placed Adam. As when God created uh, Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, what did he do? He placed them in the Garden of Eden. And what for? La'avda, Azura Machmet To work the garden to 248 positive commandments. And to guard it by, by keeping the prohibitive commandments. That's what the sages say. That when God, it says, simply it meant, you understand it on a very simple level. You have a garden. You need a caretaker. You need a gardener. You, know, you need a landscaper. You need someone that's going to do the work. So Hashem put Adam in charge of the garden. He, he, was, he had to mow the grass. He was a lawnmower. He had to plant. He had to prune. and do, do all the stuff that you do in a garden to make a garden nice. 
But we understand that the Garden of Eden was an incredible spiritual godly place. So the service had to be a very high spiritual service. So the sages say that when it says to work the garden, it means how is going to work the garden? He's going to bring the divine blessing by doing the mitzvahs. Obviously, the mitzvahs that he was doing wasn't in the same form that we do them today. It was the same ideas, but in a more spiritual form. Because the whole Gan Eden was far more spiritual than what we know today. Um, okay. Now, even though Adam was ban banished from, even though Adam was banished from Gan Eden, and he had to leave, um, but it's not that we, 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 it's not like the work was suspended, finished. Now he had to go get himself another job. He was fired. No, he's continuing to work the garden, but he's working the garden remotely. We hang out in this world and in, in a lower world, a world that's not the garden of Eden. And from over here, we water the garden. So we continue watering the garden. Who? All of his descendants. By all the goodness that we do, we keep on watering the garden. And if we're in watering the garden, which means we make the garden more beautiful and more fruitful and more delightful. So whoever is in the garden is enjoying this immense improvements that we do. And we're constantly improving. Where is the garden? Well, we don't experience it physically when we're alive. But after 120, we go, the souls go to Ghana and they go to the garden. And obviously, the more enhanced the garden is in heaven, in the godlier places in Gan Eden, it, it, uh, it trickles down, down over here as well. Okay. This is the, the tachlis. Now, a very important idea. He doesn't talk so much about Mashiach over here. He's talking about the improvement of, the improvement of um, Gan Eden. But the truth is he does, because he speaks about improving the Gan Eden, but eventually we're not just improving the Gan Eden in heaven, we're also improving the Gan Eden down here. Which means, well, we'll see that. Okay, let's, let's get it. This is the purpose for all souls coming into our world. To serve the Gan Eden, not to serve the Gan Eden, to serve God, but to work the garden. Now, why does the garden need work? Wasn't it a perfect already? God made the garden. It must have been a perfect garden. You know, think about it. You know, go visit the most beautiful gardens in the world. Nothing comes close to the Ganeid. So it was exquisite. It was like magnificent. So he explains. The real delight of Ganeidin wasn't is not the physical beauty. It was physical, it was whatever physicality meant those days, it was unimaginably beautiful. But it's the beauty and the light that's there is the spirit is the godly experience that's in the garden. So the fruits that were in the garden were in, to be able to enjoy God's presence and God's goodness and God's light and whatever. It was the the garden was filled with divine wisdom, if you might put it that way. However, the godliness that was the Alter explains that the godliness that was shining in Gan Eden is only a ray of God, as I mentioned earlier. Because the garden of Eden on its own is only a ray of the Shekhinah. So first of all, Shekhinah is not, is not God himself. The Shekhinah is the dwelling of God to the world. 
as we learned many times, the Shekhin is associated with the last of the ten attributes, which is the smallest of all the attributes, and therefore the least, so to speak, of all the divine attributes. If you might call it, if we might find a, uh, a, a we'll call it the tail end of God, if you could say, where God contracts himself the most to the creation. But even, even, even that level is way too powerful for creations to, 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 to experience, to enjoy. To get up, to come into to direct contact with the Shekhinah, we will all, to use physical terminology, God forbid, we would all become electrocuted. Too intense. So therefore, it's not the Shekhinah itself that's in Gan Eden, that is the, the light of Gan Eden, it's the ray of the Shekhinah. Now, so, so now we'll understand what the improvement is. Um, because the Ain Sof, the infinite one, is called the source of pleasure, the source of delight. And he's the, he's the source of, of delight, and he's also the source of life. As it says, with you is the source of life. So God himself, the Ainsof, the infinite one, blessed is he, is the source of all pleasure, and therefore unimaginably pleasurable, and unimaginably the, the life that's there is, un, is infinite life, boundless life and boundless pleasure. Ah, but the problem is, so therefore, if he himself reveals himself in the Gan Eden, even Gan Eden, even, a, even such a lofty place with such incredible creatures, if you might say, creatures that we might say on their best, on their highest level, couldn't handle it. Even if you just have souls, without bodies, just pure souls. Since the souls are creations and they have a limit, they're not able to receive the pleasure from the infinite one himself, only through a ray. From God's kingship, only a tiny ray of Hashem's kingship, only that the worlds are able to receive. Remember we said kingship is the lowest level. God, the most, the most, uh, the, the, Hashem has reduced his energy to the, to the least you can reduce and still be God. <laughs> and, 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 and that's why it's called the indwelling. The power where God is becomes the force in, in clothed in creation. The energy of creation, but it's still the divinity of creation. It's the, the source that, cre that is, right? That which the creations, the life force of 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 creation of time and space, if you might say, I dwell in them. So a ray, and they have achan but the souls, she yardu lamata. Oh wait, 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 and therefore, therefore we could. We, I'm sorry. I, 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 for one minute, I was my mind drifted somewhere else. That's why I lost it. Souls. Sorry. Souls are able to handle. Wait, see the water is also spilling. Just a little napkin, I guess. 
tin souls are creations at best. They can only handle a ray from the from 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 the Shekhinah. That's it. Ah. So now we understand what the improvement is. Where is Ganeiden? Ganeiden is in Shemayim. The, there's, there's different Ganeiden. There's Ganeiden on the earth. That was the and then there's Ganeidens higher and higher. And what did we say before? The lights that are shining over there, which make it unimaginably pleasurable, are still limited. It's a ray. That's why that's why any being could comprehend it, experience it, and go crazy from pleasure. But yet, it's only a ray. And God says, now I want you to improve my work. How do you do that? That only the human can do it. And he's going to explain now, only humans incarnated in body. And I'm sorry, only souls incarnated in bodies. When we are human, when we're pure spiritual beings, celestial souls in the, full of light in the heavenly worlds, we can experience the lights of Ganeiden, but we can't increase it. Because what's the increasement? What's the improvement? The improvement is to bring God himself into Ganeiden, not just his reign. We, we, we invite him in. That means that the verse says, Hashemayim, the heavens, kiss, he becomes his seat, his throne. What is his throne? He sits down on the heavens. When, just like when a person sits so, somewhere, they lower themselves down, causes to God himself to lower himself, God himself to come visit the Ganeda. And that is an infinite improvement. And it doesn't only remain in heaven, because the earth is his footstool. So the, the godliness comes all the way down, all the way down to earth, which means all the way into the physical material world. And it's Hashem himself, his feet, not a ray, he himself. Ah, souls that come down below into this world, Came they al yedei avodasam through their service levatel esaguf to now what's the main service? How do we serve God over here? Why souls in heaven? They're so much brighter. Their love to God is so much more intense. Their prayer, their singing, their, their why can they coax God to get a little closer? Why is it only souls when they're in, incorporated in bodies? when our spiritual capacities are so drastically reduced and minimized. We become so much weaker when we're in bodies. Yeah, but there's something we can do in a body that we don't have an opportunity to do in heaven. And that is that over here, we can fight the hide the, the snake. We can combat the snake. I mean, we can overpower the body. What does it mean we're overpowering the body? Over here, it's a battle to rise spirit over matter. And that, that conquest, when we can rise above our physical, our physical material body and, and, and project our soul over our body, although it's barely a tiny little bit of what the soul's capacity is in heaven, but there it's not, it's not fighting against something. Over here when the soul is being blocked by the body and the soul overpowers the body's shenanigans and the shagas, 
and does the godly thing, what does that do? I don't usually use that word. Ah, um, that came down in this world, through their service, to overpower the body. That comes from the height of the snake, which means our bodies fell down very low, especially after the sin of the tree of knowledge, in which we came into the counter with the snake, which poisoned our bodies. In a sense, the physical world in general got like some kind of a contamination from the snake. And therefore, it's prone to act in a non-godly way. And when we overpower that, and we serve Hashem, so what, what does that accomplish? That adds more light in the Garden of Eden. From where? From God's very self. So we're drawing Hashem down Himself. And this is our service. That's what Hashem initially intended when He put Adam Arishon in a when he was in a body. Then it wasn't yet a height of a snake, but it was still uh, still a body. And when he put Adam into Gan Eden, he gave him the job to do this. Uh, now Adam would have done the work in a more spiritual place, but it would not have, in a sense, see that that's why we spoke about Chava. She had a very good idea. She said, in order for our work to be really potent, we got to sin a little bit. <laughs> make the body lower the body, make it a real, real height of a snake body. It will be a super challenge. And then our service to Hashem will be so intense. We'll have so much more potency. That's the point. So obviously, as we know, in the end, it was really good that they said, even though it plunged us into darkness for such a long time, because in the end, the brightness that's going to be at the very end is going to be unimaginably and uncalculatably um, richer and deeper because what because we have a much harder body to deal with and a much harder rougher world to deal with a much greater darkness the greater the darkness the greater the light now he's going to explain soon that the main accomplishment on the body that we're getting the body involved or the soul in the body and doing the work and without the body we can't do it is because without the body the soul is a tzaddik. It serves God with a measured service. It serves God as a reason. The fuel, the soul is fuel. <laughs> We're going to see soon. When the soul is in heaven, the soul is fueled by its appreciation of, of the divine. That means its connection to Hashem, its love, its fervor, all of it gets up and it sings the most beautiful songs for God. But what's fueling it? What's fueling it? It's fueling it by its own understanding of the divine. It's mental, um, it's recognition, it's understanding. When she understands godliness, she gets so excited, and that's what motors. That's the fuel, that, that's the engine that, mo that, that drives her motor in her service of Hashem. But being that she's a finite creature, even in heaven, and her understanding of the divine is finite, so her motor and engine is also finite. And when a finite engine is generating energy, her quest for God, it's all limited. It's all limited. And because it's limited, it only attracts limited. So it's going to be stuck in continuing to take the ray 
What's the ray? The, the reason we're able to receive the ray is because the ray is limited. So souls in heaven have to cannot generate anything more than the ray. They remain locked in the limitation because their entire service is generated by themselves, by their understanding. So when we come into a body, as we're soon going to see, what happens? Over here, we're not motorized and we're not energized through our understanding. Because we have very little understanding. And maybe we do study and we do learn and it energizes us a little bit, but that's not the quality of this world. The quality and the greatness of this world is over here we are motorized and energized by the obstacle, by the darkness. Because we keep on hitting on things that are blocking and it creates angst, it creates pain. And because we, we can't connect, we can't, we feel so battered by the physical. And as a result of that, it challenges the soul and ultimately it pokes the soul, it pokes the soul, it pokes the soul. And finally, it pokes the soul so much till it breaks through. And the inherent lava that's buried in the soul, which means the infinite love that the soul has for God comes spilling out. And that's dynamite. That's what's going on in Israel this week. The poking and the poking has finally broken through. And the infinite lava of the Jewish people is coming out now. You have no idea the storm that's going on in heaven. The amount of tshuva that's going on this week, the amount of yearning of the souls for the Beis Amigdash, for the Giyula, for Hashem, for the miracles, for the light, is so intense. It's like when, 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 the ener when the energy is produced by an obstacle, it's a million times more than the energy that is self-produced. And that's the reason God puts the soul into a body. Because over here, it will, it, will, it will be tormented. It will be blocked. It will cry from the darkness with an infinite cry. Being that the cry that is coming up towards God is infinite, where is it? Where is, so where is it tugging at? It's tugging on the. It's tugging on the infinity of God. It's tugging on the angel. And that's the general purpose of souls and body. And that's how we create the Ganeidin. We improve the Ganeidin because we bring it. He's not talking about such an extreme situation like, like now. He's talking about generally a soul and a body being that it's confronted and it's, it's blocking and blocking, but the soul is wrestling with the darkness. It makes the, it, it forces, it, it produces this, this infinite force in the soul, which means it takes a person from being a tzaddik and it makes you into a vulture. So tzaddikim live in Ganeidin. Balchuvas create a whole new Ganeidin. Balchuvas bring God into Ganeidin. And as a result of that, well, and in a sense, everybody can become a Balchuva, including the tzaddik, because you don't have to sin to be a Balchuva. The main point over here, you're being driven by the obstacles. The obstacles are driving you to the service of God, not your closeness. In heaven, you're driven to serving God because you're close to him. But 
but in on earth you're you're drawn to the service of Hashem because you're far from him. And when the distance is creating it, then it's creating a much stronger surge, incomparably stronger surge. And he's going to explain later, it's the difference of when we say in Shema, Bechol Nafshecha, you should love God with all your soul, or Bechol Ma'odecha, or with all your might. This is all your might. It's an explosion. It's a rapture. A rapture that comes because you're far, because you're distant. And that's how we bring Hashem into the world. So again, the souls that came down in this world, hem them through their service, to nullify, to overpower the body. That's coming from the height of the snake. Through this mamshich, and they draw down Tosefes or added light biganeden into ganeden miatzmusay isbarach from Hashem's very self. This is the service dilla avda, and this is what it means that we have to work the garden. The Indian Yashloimah says the tzemach tzedek. Now, now we'll understand. This is what the Rebbe began his leadership with. Bossy, Levgani, I've come to my garden. Who's called? Hashem said it. That's the whole point. It's no more just a garden. It's Hashem himself coming to the garden. Bossy, Levgani. Achosi, Kala, my sister, my bride. And it's explained in Zohar, Pashas Vayikra. The Zohar gives a higher explanation. Which garden? Simply, in the, according to the sage, it's just talking, referring to the temple. The Zohar says, Legani ihim malchus. Hashem says, Basi Legani, I came to, I, I've come to my wife. Because the Zohar says, Who's Gani? Who's his garden? His garden is a, a metaphor for the Shekhinah, for Malchus. Hashem says, I myself am coming down to my Shekhinah. The Zani says, Legani ihim malchus. This is the Shekhinah. Adana, the name Aleph Dalit Nun Yud. It explains in the book of Zohar When we say God says, I've come to my garden, he's not talking about the Shekhinah as it is still in Atsilos, the Shekhinah as she is still infinite. No, the mitigated Shekhinah, the Ziv, the ray that could come into the world that we spoke earlier, only a ray gets in. So that level of Shekhinah, the Malchut element that goes down to become the life force of creation, Including the energy and the light in Gan Eden, that Malchus Hashem says, Basi, I have come down into that, enriching that ray a gazillion times, and that's not a number, enriching it endlessly. The Imkain, and if so, as he explains, Pidish Basi Legani, the idea of Basi Legani, Hainashanim Shachsham, Toisefes Or Matz Musa Yisbarach. In the Gan Eden, there is added light from Hashem's very self. Similar to what it says in the Mimer, Oisri Legefen. In, in regarding which it says, we, we, the Jewish people are called those who sanctify his name. I spoke about this, Mamish, this idea, Simchas Torah by the Kiddush Shabbos morning. I spoke the. Remember, if you were here Shabbos morning before, right, to be Kiddush. 
He gave a very fiery speech. <laughs> so at that speech, I spoke about this, that the Jewish people are called those that sanctify your name. Because the name is considered external. Sanctifying name you means you, we bring he himself into his name. That was the whole discussion. That the Jewish people, they draw down. We say in Davening, you are holy and your name is holy. So holiness means like, wow. Holiness means beyond. We can't fathom it. Now, if we say his name is holy, meaning, what does that mean? That means even his name is like unfathomable. Even though it's not him, a name is external. It's unfathomable to all of creation. It's bigger than all of, of than all the worlds, his name. But we say as high as that is, Atakadosh, you yourself, not your name, you yourself, God, is incomparably and endlessly and unimaginably higher than his name. But what is our work? Before we get involved, he is holy and his name is holy. Two different levels of holiness. Our work is we draw the atta, the you are holy, into your name is holy. So when we fuse he, him into his name, it means we're fusing him into his ray. If we're infusing him into his name, into his ray, then we've enriched Gan Eden. Because where is Gan Eden deriving all its delight and all of its pleasure? From his name. But now his name is not just an external emanation of him. He himself is vested in his name. And that's the meaning, the Yismechu Becha Yisrael. They will rejoice in you, Israel. Those who make your name holy. What does it mean they make your name holy? Your name is holy already. No, they make it much holier because they bring from your holiness into your name. So, and, so that's what he explains in that discourse. Israel Ad, and therefore, and, uh, we say, and it's the reason why we say it is better one hour of repentance and good deeds in this world. Who could even fathom how much tshuva and good deeds was done in this world this week? From all of the world to come. From all of the world to come. Because the world to come, why is one hour of good deeds in this world better than all of the world to come? Because all of the world to come, without good deeds, all that it is, is rays. It's, it's phenomenal rays of God, but it's only rays. In tshuva and good, in repentance and good deeds in this world, that's where we capture God's very self. And this is a actual manuscript from the Alter Rebbe. So he says over the, yeah. That the, the supernal Gan Eden is from the world of Bria. So now we understand. It is better one hour. Why? 
Because the supernal Gan Eden, it's so great, but it's still part of creation. Which means it's limited. What happens when we do a mitzvah? Mitzvahs and good deeds in this world, we cause a fusion in Atzilus, which is much higher than Bria. Atzilus is still the divine. We cause the attributes in Atzilus to fuse together. We cause marriages in Atzilus, unions in Atzilus. The zivug of Zuchrenuk, of male and female, is in Atzilus. The mitzvahs and the mitzvahs and the mitzvahs draw down masculine waters of Atzilus. So what does the Alter Rebbe say over there? When you do mitzvahs, you're causing a unification. Before, before we do a mitzvah, what do we do? What do we say? What do we? What, what's the the shame yichud? We want to make a union between our Kaddish Baruch Hu, between the levels that are higher than the Shekhinah with the Shekhinah. So what does it mean, a fusion? Once you're bringing more light into the Shekhinah, which Shekhinah is called Hashem's name, and you're drawing more light into the Shekhinah, of who? He's, he's being intimate with his Shekhinah. So he's infusing himself into the Shekhinah. So that's the enrichment. Now, but it's even more than that. Those we, we, Over here, we studied a lot. The 10 attributes are still only attributes. Even the masculine attributes, which are higher, infinitely higher than Shekhin. But he explains, in order there should be a union between the male and female element of Atsilos, you have to draw the energy from the Keter, from the crown, which is called Erech Anpin and Moyach Stima, which is the pure Ein Sof. And that's what we mean, that, that, that we draw, the improvement is we're drawing new light from Atmos, ultimately, from the essence of the Ein Sof. And the mitzvahs draw down masculine waters of Atsilas, which means they draw down the, the masculine waters means the infusion of God Himself of, of this of the into Malchus, and where is that come? from the hidden mochin of Erechanpin. That means it's it's in the Ain Self. Kesar is considered Ain Self. That's what he says over there. And if so, the meaning is I've come to my garden. This is the yichud. This is the unification of the male and female element. That's happened. That means basilagani. I've come to my shechina. Which once the shechina is infused with the lights from from Ze'er Anpin, which is drawing from Mayach it means ein sof energy is pouring into shechina and from there into ganeden. That's called the supernal Aden. The point over here is Gan Aden is a garden that is influenced by Aden. Gan is not Aden. Aden is the Aden is the level that we spoke earlier that God Himself is the source of all pleasure. That's Aden. Gan is a tiny little trickle of water that comes from Aden into the garden to give all life in the Aden. However, through Torah and mitzvahs, what we are drawing is Aden Elyon. Moach means the hidden Moach. Chachma in general is called Aden. But the, the Chachma, while it's still in Keter, that's called Aden Elyon, the higher Aden. 
and we're drawing from such a deep place, steam in the cold, steam in, and we can only do that when we're doing mitzvahs in this world. Because we're dealing with darkness. And the underlying drive is the infinite yearning. And only then can we tap through our mitzvahs into this place of infinity. The place that's steam of the cold, steam that is hidden from all, from all concealments. It is so much higher than the Gan Eden itself. This is also what's mentioned in second of a, a section of Zohar, Parsha's Bo. At the time when Akadish Baruchu, Kadish Baruchu is higher than Shekhinah, when Akadish Baruchu is seen by the garden. That means that the garden gets a visit by HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The game changer. Gan is 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 Look at the Maimer Shishem Hema Malchus and Shira Shirim regarding what it says in the future. Umayon mi Hashem That the Mayon itself will go out. Mayon is considered Aden. Mayon is the spring. Aden is the spring. That means, like we discussed many times, and we learned it in the last Mayan we were learning Thursday night also. There is a flow that's coming from the Nahar, from the river. We were learning about the wine and the versus the water libations. That the wine libations are from Bina, are from the Nahar, from the river. But the water is the Mayan itself. And we said that when Mashiach will come, the, river, the, the Mayan itself will go forth and will river and will flood all the... What will flood? It will flood the, the valley of Shittim. This is a drawing forth from the supernal wisdom. A nikra mayon that's called mayon. Which is higher than the level of river. The river that goes out from Eden. See, the entire Ganeda now is being fed by a river that comes from Bina only. And it's not tapping Chachma. But over here, the essence of the Ein Sof, which is Chachma itself, which Chachma is, right? Yisrael, now the, the, the Jewish people, the Jewish souls, when they're, they come down in a body, we're called, the Nikran, we are called Mayon Ganem. Because there's Gan Eden and then there is Mayon Ganem, the spring that feeds the garden. Because the improvements that we make is we bring this, we bring the spring itself into the garden. Not that the spring itself remains infinitely distant from the garden, and there's a river that flows and brings the water, a little bit of the water of the of the spring into the garden. But in our case, we bring the spring itself into the garden. Mayon Ganem, that the Mayon itself goes to the garden. That's why the new Mayon at Mayon Yisrael is going to have an amazing Mayon. There's going to be a spring there and it's going to have a Gan. I can only imagine it. I know. Through the service, we draw down into Gan Eden from the spring itself. This is above the entire progressive order of creation. 
Oi. Or this, so this is the same idea. Earlier we spoke, he's showing the same idea on many levels. Earlier, the explanation was that the that the entire life life force of 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 Ganeden and of the worlds are only from the ray from Malchut. But through mitzvahs, you make a, a zivug between the Zeir Anpin and Malchus. You're bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu to connect to the Shekhin. And that's increasing the life. Then he, then he raises it a notch higher. And he says, the service that we that the Ganeden itself is drawing from Bina. But now you're drawing from Chachma, the Mayan itself. And not just from plain Chachma, but from Chachma Stima, the hidden Chachma. Now he's giving you a third idea, same concept. Oi, or similar. In Bina itself, the lower level of Bina is called Tavuna. What's the Tavuna mean? We all know Tavuna means understanding and Bina means understanding. What's the difference? Tavuna has already the words Ben Ubas inside of it, son and daughter. That means in Bina itself, there's two levels. There's Bina when she's when she when when she stands for herself in her very lofty state. And then there is Bina on a much lower level where she's a source already for her children, which is much lower. She's a source for the emotions. So the word Tavuna has Ben Ubas in it, which is son and daughter, which means she's already mitigated her wisdom, her understanding, so that she can already prepare for the emotions to, to emerge. That's a reduction of the intelligence. But Bina itself is a much broader intelligence. So there is Tavuna and there is Bina. So Ganeden itself, the Garden of Eden, derives from Tavuna. But through our work, we bring Bina itself into Ganeden. So it's not only that, it's not only Tavuna, it's Bina. And that Anikra Alma Da'asi, and that's called the future world, which is so much higher. Now in Midrash. Okay, so now again, this is a lot of this the Tzemach Tzedek style. Tzemach Tzedek, the whole, the, the, we started a parenthesis a while ago. The parenthesis the Tzemach Tzedek. What does the Tzemach Tzedek always do with the Alter Rebbe's teaching? Alter Rebbe says an idea, Chasidus. The Tzemach Tzedek comes and he throws all of Torah into it. He's like, and this is what this is, this is what you make sense of. And I, he, he like, he, he, so that you'll see it over here. He's like he's, he's 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 associating so many ideas and connecting it all to here. So in midrash it says that till now we know that Adam and Eve had to increase had to work the garden. We learned one thing that they increase it through mitzvahs. That's what we learned, right? Remember Rama through two hundred forty eight. That was the work. But the midrash says it's through karbanos. Through sacrifices, particularly through sacrifices. Of the Lashamra Ela Karbanos. These are the Karbanos. Now, where do we know where do we see that? How can we derive that Adam was put there to serve with sacrifices? Shanemar it says, Tavdines Elokim. It says that you they will serve God at the mountain, which is referring to offering sacrifices. Uksiv Tishmiru. Oh, that's how you see that the word tavdun, avoda, the word avoda, service, is connected to karbanos. But it says, la'avda, ulashamra, and to guard it. 
And what does Lashamra mean? Also sacrifices. Because we find that the Torah uses the word Nira, which means to guard regarding sacrifices. Where? It says by the daily sacrifice, Tishmeru, you should, the word Shmira, you should, you should be vigilant. Lahakrivli to offer to me Bemoado in its time. The Indian and the idea is so now he's going to explain what's the relationship of Karbanos to this. Bossi Legami. So the Zohar says like this. He quotes a Zohar. Begin the cold Karban and the Alma. Because all of the Karbanos of the world, all the sacrifices of the world, Katsalkin, when they rise, Kulasalkin, they all rise. Into the Garden of Eden. That means, remember we learned, we, there's a Lashon in Hasidus that says, Raza de Karbana, the secret of Karbana is, Oilai rises at Raza de Ainsof, goes up to the secret of the Ainsof. So the, 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 the Karban, the sacrifices, whatever that is, whatever that, why it is that way is a discussion for another time, but the sacrifices that were done in the temple or whatever, these sacrifices go higher and higher and higher, and they go all the way up to the Ainsof. However, the Zohar over here says it has a, the first place where it registers, where the, where the energies of these sacrifices, what's the first place it's deposited? We're sending something up. What's the first place it's deposited? It's deposited into the Garden of Eden, Bekad Mesa. Now, what's the Garden of Eden? Raza the Knesset Yisrael. That's the secret of the Shekhinah. Because the Shekhinah is the power of the garden. That's her garden. So it rises into the garden. It means it goes into the Shekhinah. She collects that energy. What it says over there. So what does it have to do with what we're learning over here? And in Migdash Melech, which is a commentary on the Zohar, in the name of Reb Chaim Vital, in the name of the Arizal, which is Reb Chaim Vital, who's quoting, who's the, who's the, who gives us the Arizal's teachings. All that we, what we do, all of our Torah, Maisim Tovim, what they do is they enter into the Shekhinah's Yesod. So Yesod is the, her, her, which, which, which is obviously weird, what we refer to many times as the feminine waters. Basically, it's like, it's what creates in, in the Shekhinah her desire for her husband, for HaKadosh Baruch So it goes into the Yesod of Malchus, which is Lishoresh, which now becomes Maya Nukvin, feminine waters, which attract once, like it says this week in the parasha regarding Chava, it says to your husband will be your desire, which is referring to the Shekhinah as well, that your husband, and that's referring to the Maya Nukvin, the feminine waters that are collected from our good deeds that feeds the Shekhinah and creates and our good deeds is because we want to get closer to God. So that all that collective energy goes into becomes an enormous passion and, and yearning that there is in the Shekhinah. And that becomes her feminine waters, which attract the masculine waters to come down as a result. So we can understand that since the whole point over here is to bring the man, in our case, bring God himself into the garden, it shouldn't only be her garden. It should be his garden as he's descending to fuse with her and infuse himself in that garden. We can understand why the karbanos do this. It's connected to mitzvahs in general, karbanos in particular.
So once you have the feminine waters from the Shekhinah, this draws down the masculine waters. This is the idea I've come to my garden. Like we said earlier, the union of Basi Ligani is the is the is the zivog, the unification between Akadish Baruch Hu and the Shekhin. And this is the meaning. Then he placed him in Ganeidin, to work the garden and to and to guard the garden. Through the service of the Karbonis. We don't we don't just have a garden, but we have rather a garden filled with God Himself. Which is the same idea as we're going to see later, meaning the heavens, which is where Ganeidin is, becomes the throne of God, where God sits down on it. Which means he, he descends into the garden. He began and he spoke, whoever it was. And what did he say? On the words, when it says that Hashem placed him in Ganeidin to, to work it and to guard it, and so this is state earlier we quoted it from the Midrash. The Midrash says that um, it's the Karbanos, Midrash Rabbah. So now he brings in the Zohar, it also says that when it says, they have established it. Who established? The Midrash. It's been we have it, we have a tradition. That this is referring to what kind of work did Adam do over there? He was offering sacrifices. Come and see. To serve the garden means the supernal king. And to guard the garden, this is the lower king. The higher world and the lower world. The higher world related to the higher king and the lower world related to the lower king. To serve it is masculine, relating to the secret of the male. And to guard it is related to the feminine side because when it says regarding Shabbos, it says you should a mitzvah to remember Shabbos and to guard the Shabbos, the two mitzvahs. So the Zohar says that the, the remembering Shabbos is is referring is a masculine side of Shabbos, and guarding Shabbos is the feminine side of Shabbos. And Shabbos we know has a feminine part, which is the Friday night, and a masculine part, which is the Shabbos day. One is an arising energy, and the other one is a descending energy. So this is what the Zohar connects it to that So now the Migdash Melech says again the commentary on the Zohar. Shadei mitzvahs are say through the positive commandments. Shoisa adam that a person does. Nesakein zeir. One is the one is fixing. It doesn't mean fixing. It means improving. The zeir ampin. You're creating ornaments or whatever it is to zeir ampin, which is the male side. How and what are you doing? You're drawing down mochen to him. You're increasing his, the level of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it should receive more input and more revelation from Bina, which is above. Bina HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the six emotions. That the emotions should become informed with higher mochen from Bina. 
And that's accomplished through the avda, through serving it. And through guarding it, that a person is meticulous from transgressing any prohibitive commandments. That's how you fix the malchus. And you protect her. Because malchus is vulnerable always from the from the out extraneous forces, from the negative forces. So to protect malchus, when we don't sin, we protect her. Sinning creates a breach and allows the klipas in. Okay. At Kandavara. So that the So now how do we fit that into everything we've been speaking about? So So this is similar to what it says in another mimer, in the mimer Matoivu. That there's Inyan Gimel Chuva. There are three levels of three levels of chuva. In chuva itself, when we do repentance, we have three levels. One is um shot. one is turn away from evil. The other one is do there's a verse that says, Surmeira, turn from evil. I say tov, do good. Baki shalom, seek out peace. So the Alter Reb explains these are three levels of three levels of chuva. Turning from bad is one level of chuva, not sinning. A higher level of chuva is doing good. And the third level of chuva is studying Torah, which creates peace. That's what the Alter Rebbe goes in a long discourse to explain these things. So this corresponds to what we learned over here regarding the, the lower two chuvas. Meaning the two lower chuvas that are mentioned over here, Sumerah, Seitov, correspond to what we're learning now Through mitzvah observance, we increase the light in this era. Through not sinning and, pro, and, and, and keeping the prohibitions, we protect malchus. What does that mean? In or, so he's going to explain in a moment. In order for HaKadosh Baruch to mature enough to be able to get married to his wife, he needs to receive more mochen, more light from the crown, from Bina. It says the day of his marriage, his mother gives him a crown. So the increased light that we bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for him to be able to pass it on to Malchus comes through mitzvah observance. The good deeds that we do increase the light. But if she's, if the chitzonim, if the forces of evil are holding on to her, then he can't, uh, he can't have relations with her. He can't transmit that to her. So we have to also be careful not to sin. So we keep the chitzonim away from the Shekhinah. And then once that's also, that's another thing that's needed. So she can be pure for her husband. And then there can be a, a, a zivuk. So th these two are, are in order to create the Basi Lagani. And again, this is all about bringing God into, into Gan Eden and consequently eventually into the world and so on and so forth. So, the, the, what is accomplished through not sinning? So that the sin should not separate. This draws from the Mamalakalam. This accomplishes not only, but interesting. In 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 in, in uh, over the year, the not sinning element is not only not sinning. It's doing good deeds 
but doing them just because you were told and you don't want to transgress by not doing it. We're not talking over there. It's explained in the Mimer over there. We're not talking there about just not doing bad stuff. It means that even when you're doing the good stuff, you're doing them because you don't want to violate. So that kind of a mitzvah, because you don't want to transgress, has the weakest power. And what does it do? It draws down godliness, but it's drawing godliness only from malchus, only from shechina level, not from high. And that's why it's called mamalakalam, from the indwelling light of God. You're increasing, but, but it's a much lesser in, uh, increase. When, however, you're doing a mitzvah, not only because it's not I'm, 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 I'm going to violate, but because you're excited about God and you want to connect them. That's a seitov. You're doing your observance of, of, of Judaism is fueled by a love and by your drive to connect. Well, that draws down from higher. That draws from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's called Sovet Kalam. Because it's bigger than that. Right? So, so when the Migdash Melech says that through, through not sinning, we make a tikkun of Malchus. And through doing good, we draw from a much higher level. This is the idea to serve the garden, to work the garden, I'm sorry, and to, and to guard the garden. Basically, it means major increased energies and lights into Ganit. Okay, so now, till now, we explain the to serve it, to work it, and to guard it. Now he's going to explain the first words of a verse. Again, by the way, it's a mimer on the Haftorah, but so much of it is talking about the verse of this week's parsha. And then Hashem puts him Adam in Ganeid. Now, why does it use the term Vayanichehu? Could it said Vayasem also, Vayavar also. He he brought him over. He transported him. It could have said Vayitnehu. He placed him. He could have, or Vayolech also, he led him to Ganed. What's the word Vayanichehu? Vayanichehu means he placed him. But there's another meaning, the secret's in here. Because, right, in Zohar, in the beginning of Parshas Noach, where Noach is the root word of the word Vayanichehu, Noach. So over there we know that Noah comes from the word satisfaction. So which means he brought him to a state of satisfaction in Ghanedin. Why? Because the human being in Ghanedin brings down divine satisfaction, God's satisfaction, causing a deep satisfaction for Hashem. And that satisfaction fills the Ghanedin with, 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 with satisfaction. That delight and satisfaction ultimately becomes the satisfaction of the human being who's in Ganed. And the entire Ganeden is all satisfied in that sense. As it says in Zohar, right? Look what it says. He goes up into the garden. The river goes into the garden. The Zohar, the Zohar is, is talking, going back to the river that flows into Ganeden. The Ashkele, it waters it from the supernal flow. And it makes the Ganeden a satisfaction. And Ramosh Zakusi, the one of the great, he's mentioned him many times, comments on the Zohar. 
idea of creating naichi. Naichi means to calm down, be satisfied and to calm down. In other words, there's tension, like we all can use now, there's a lot of tension. Inside of us, there's a lot of gavura, there's a lot of rage, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of pain. That's all called gavuras. We can all use now, hamtakas ha-gavura is pechesed. So we're learning the maimer to massage the gavuras and to bring chesed in, bring a lot of light in and kindness in. So up there in Gan Eden also a lot of times attention. And, and when the river comes in, it sweetens the judgments there. And it, and it, and it brings in a satisfaction. Um, and once the judgments and the gavuras and the tensions in Gan Eden are all relaxed, and there is a naicha, there is a pleasantness and a ple- and a pleasure. It's also drawn to, down to the person. That the person experiences, I guess, calmness. Maybe that's why we have to learn this. And 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 uh, a a a deep satisfaction and a calmness. That's the meaning. Hashem. So the word vayanechehu would mean. Hashem naichad him. Hashem nachtim. Hashem noachtim. Hashem made him naicha because through his work, the increased godliness of Ganeden sweetens the judgments and create and, and relaxes the tensions. So it's not so we're getting, we're not just getting the ben, the, the who is coming to Ganeden, but what's its effects? Its effects of God Himself visiting Ganeden is that it sweetens all the judgments. So it's like a woman who has a good husband. If he doesn't have a good husband and he's uh, whatever, then it creates more tension when he comes home. But if they have a good marriage and she's a good husband and a caring husband, and so when he comes home, this calmness. She can get tense a little bit without him over there with the children. But when he's home, it's much calmer. It's the same thing. We want God himself to be there, not just the Shekhinah. And the med, and the med, now this is in Zohar. Now we going back, and now he's going back from the Zohar to the med. Earlier he went from the Medrash to the Zohar. First he begins it with the Medrash, says the Zohar also says that here he begins it with the Zohar and he finds it in the Medrash. The Medrash says that when it says it's like similar to when it says Hashem rested. And we know that Shabbos is not just a day of resting, it's a day of the the de-stressing it's the way that relaxes all the tension hashem will relax you all the time his he will satisfy with brilliant light your soul and therefore he put it and that's the meaning so you see, the Zohar also is connecting Vayanichehu that Hashem is placing with the idea of Naicha. He noached him. He calmed him. Now more than this we can say. So in other words, it's, we're going to say now, he's going to go deeper. It's not just a satisfaction. The word 
we're saying that the main work in Gan Eden was mitzvahs, but particularly we, we, we associated earlier with sacrifices, with karbonis. So by karbonis it says, So by, by karbonos, particularly by sacrifices, it particularly says to a pleasant fragrance, to a satisfying fragrance. La Havaya to Havaya. So what does that mean? Over here, Asha Pidish Nichoach. The word Nichoach, which is the same word as Naicha, Noach, not Naicha. Loshen Nachas Ruach, the satisfaction. But it has another meaning. Vegam Loshen Chois Targa. The word Nichoach is related also to descending. Descending down. Like a chasan is called chasan because he descends to his bride. It's a descending energy. So we're saying, what does it mean when it says reach nechoach lahavaya? It means that when we do a carbon, when we do sacrifices in the temple, like when we did sacrifices, it was so powerful. It would rise, as we discussed earlier, higher and higher and higher, all the way up to register all the way up in in um, in Atzmos Mamish, all the way up to Hashem Himself, and from there it caused him to to come out of himself and to lower himself down, as we spoke earlier, lowering himself down. Where into His name? Remember, we said Mekatshe Shemecha. They sanctify. You bring you into Your name. So that's the idea. Reach Nichoach Lahavaya. It's the descent of God Himself to Yudke Vavke, to His name. We spoke earlier. Sanctifying your name. They draw from your name to your very name. By the way, I have to say, the mimer, the way the Alter Rebbe said it, none of this was here. The only part that was here was what we said earlier that our job is that we increase the lights of Gan Eden. How do we do it? By being in a body. And that's how we draw God himself into the garden. That's the altar. This is a very long footnote of the Tzemach Tzedek that he's adding a note that we're learning already for the last hour of all these ideas, right? Now, this is the meaning of serving the garden and guarding the garden. And this, and this descent from, from Atzmos is also drawn to the person. To draw down pleasure, from the Nichoach Lahavaya comes down to Adam Arishan also because he's the one who brought the sacrifice and caused all this pleasure. So the Zohar over there it says that when it says, and Rei Mehem that connects it, that through through the service of Adam Arisham, what happens? The supernal Aden, the Ihu Yada, he will know. That means he will get intimate with what? to the lowest point. So what's the lowest point? Malchus is called the lowest point. Ihu Yada, the supernal Aden will know her. What does that mean? You're drawing Chachma light to Malchus. You're drawing the Mayon to the Gan. These are all the same ideas, but on different levels. Anikra Ginsa, the Nekuda Tata, the lower Nekuda, which is Malchus, is called the garden. Shiham Shacha, so what does it mean? 
Ma'or Abba. You're getting Eden Ilan, the supernal Eden, that's the light of Abba, which is Father. Bimalchus, into Malchus, Hanikra Gan Eden. That's called Gan Eden. Vigam Abba. Now, Chachma itself, which is called Father, Mekabal Ma'arech, is receiving from Erech Anpin, which means from Keser itself, even much higher than Chachma. Va'atik. And even higher from Atik, from the ancient of, ancient of days. Ad Ein Sof, all the way up to the Ein Sof himself. comes out. The conclusion of all these sources. Because the Rabbeim, when they're saying a Maimer, it's based on a gazillion sources of Zohar and everything. They're like the final, they're like the final, um, they bring you the final product from all this Kabbalistic fragments and they filter and give you the give you the purest condensed version of all of it so that's how the tzemach tzedek is showing how the alter rebbe arrived to his explanation of it what ganadin does it's from these millions of or hundreds of, of sources and then and it's the concentrate and this is the, the purest of it uh the nymph comes out this samshach is from atzmus himself from hashem himself um, in that mimer over there it explains this that we increase the Ganeden comes from above the entire order of worlds it comes from the hidden level of Moach which means Chachma when Chachma is in Keter which is still infinite you remember that from a class that we learned not long ago when we were talking about Kodesh HaKadashim and holy, we were going higher. The first three, Radla, uh, which means the, the, the head that is not revealed. From this, it's all understood. Pidish inyan la'avda. And all this will understand the meaning of the word la'avda. Shunis ba'ar la'el. Shuham shachas moichen dezah. Drawing the lights of the moichen from the zeran. Different sources. That this neshama goes up. Rises up all the way into the flow from Atika, from the ancient one. Atika da Atikin, the ancient of ancient. Steam of the cold steam and hidden of all hiddens. Look, I don't know what he says, Hainisham Salka, but whatever it is, we're rising and touching at the deepest places. But Omnam, however, now, now the Mimer comes back down after all these sources. How can the Nishamis? Shehem Nevroim, that they are creations. Lekabel Giliar. Now bring in such a powerhouse into Gan Eden. How in the world are Nishamas now? You're going you're to fry the Gan Eden. How in the world are souls going to fry all the souls that are there? You're going you're gonna to overload. Lekabel Giliar, to receive such light. Sometimes it's not, it's, that's not good. It's too much. That, but it's not that's not possible. That's why we need special garments for Ghana. The Torah and mitzvahs that we do in this world create garments for our soul to be able to receive the intensity of the of the upgraded Ghanaian. From this light will come down. Till one garment will be created. So the Alter Rebbe over there in, 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 in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe explains how from every mitzvah we create garments, and that which is the lights of the mitzvah is keter light, it's, it's Hashem's ratzon, it's the infinite light, and from there comes down a little garment to garb you. 
So the soul encloses itself in this super garment. Because the garment is coming from that very, very light of the Orin self, it's able to protect the soul. That when the light finally reveals itself in Ganeden, the soul doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get destroyed. The soul remains perfectly intact, but she's bathing in this whatever. It creates the garment. And through this garment, and where do we find the same concept? When Moshe went up to speak to God, it says he came into a cloud. Because Moshe also needed the garment. Even Moshe, so holy, you need the garment. What's the garment? Is the cloud. Check out all these sources. This over there he explains the concept is like if there's a very, very powerful idea, which if you if you share it with the student, it's too strong. It will completely overwhelm, overwhelm the student. They won't get it. They might make that the student will never come back again. Like I'm sometimes so afraid when I'm teaching all of this to the audience over here. And I think to myself, a lot of this stuff is like, so it's like you're worried. Are people able to even handle this? And maybe some customers that come one time and it's too much, and the, the, their minds get blown blown over, and they think they'll never be able to take this, and they run away, and never come back to the to the Thursday night class. So that's why you have to be careful. You have to give metaphors. That's the whole point of a metaphor. What does metaphor? What does a metaphor do? It softens it. It's a garment. Through the garment, first you understand the metaphor, and then you peel away the metaphor and you release the light. So that's the idea. Which through the garment, which in this case is the metaphor, you eventually get the, get the idea. This is understood. Similar to this is the concept of the heavens are my throne. That's why it says the heavens, heavens are God's throne. What does a throne do? If God is coming down and he's sitting in Gan Eden, if there's no throne, it's just God himself there. That means there's no garment. The throne serves as a garment. That's why Hashem says the heavens are my garment. What are the heavens? It's also like a partition, like a, like, like, like a garment. It's a partition. So that he can infuse himself and not destroy everything. In it and through it, the supernal light comes in. Like the mashal, in the mashal and through the mashal, it can be. Now, now we're concerned with being able to receive it. So earlier we were concerned what what kind of storm we created. Now we have to have the vessels to receive it. Kitzer. Now we do a little summary. Ganeiden, on its own, before we work, Ziva Shechina, is only the ray of the Shechina. Val Yedeila Avda, and us through our work, Mamshichin, or Big Ganeiden. We increase the Ganeiden. We download incredible downloads into Ganeiden. And from where is this download coming from? Me'at Musa Yizbarach, from God's very essence. That's what it says in the Mimer. Now the kitzer is also saying what it it does. He, he does a kitzer also on the note, uba haga and in the haga. Over there he explains shazel inyan basi lagani that we bring God Himself into the garden. God says, "I came to the garden." And what does that mean? Mipchinas atakadosh 
from the level that you are holy, Lishimcha Kadosh, to your name is holy. Ganeiden is only receiving from God's name. And now over here we bring Atta Kadosh, you yourself are holy, into your name is holy. Hamshachas Yichud Zuchrin Venukva. We're causing a unity between male and female. Which is root, and ultimately, it's not just draw, drawing from the masculine element of Atzilos, which, although it's 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 referred to as a Kaddish Baruch and but still, it's part of the Spheros, which is it's rooted in the Mayach Stima, Eden the higher level of Eden, of the Lashamra, Moichen Dezun. We bring down both Mochen to Nu mochen, nu mochen to the Zairan, nu mochen to Nukva to Malchus. And how do we do it? Doing good and turning away from bad. And then finally, it brings a calmness. And how can you receive? Through the garments. This is a good Kishmaka summary. Short, capture the whole thing. We can learn this a little further because my eyes are closing. But this is where I just wanted to get to the point. We're not going to finish the next chapter. We're just going to do a little bit. This capability that we're able to draw down from God's essence. Added light into Ganeden. It's only when the soul is enclosed in the body. Because only then can we trigger God himself. Why? Because to trigger God, you have to trigger him with an infinite, with an infinite, you got to shoot up and something that's got infinite, you got to hit him with an infinite punch. Not with the same, God doesn't wake up from a little tap. You got to punch him. And how do you punch him hard? You got to want him with all, with, with, with infinite power. Now we're all finite. When we want him, we can only produce the energy from our finite understanding of him. That's why we can only generate that through blockages. Because we hit against walls that block us. And it's, so it's not rational. It's suddenly it's an eruption. Because we can't, we can't break through because we're having so much of a hard time. And it pulls out like something that's true, as he explains. Because the body is, is obscuring and darkening, or darkening and obscuring, this is what awakens the soul to repentance. With enormous power, with added vigor. This is what the sages say. The place that the penitent stands, um, even the biggest tzaddik can't even think of going there. Because in righteous people, and when we say righteous, we mean souls in heaven, they're all righteous. Or, or the righteous people down here who don't have so much darkness in their life. Their love and their fear are commensurate with their understanding. As much as they understand, that's how excited they are. How do we see that love and fear is commensurate with understanding? Because the sages say, if there's no wisdom, there's no fear. So you see the fear is produced by the wisdom, by the understanding. So the more the understanding, the more the love and the more the fear. Now, how much could you have at best as much as a creation can possibly understand. How much can a creation understand? Limited. And even a soul in, in Gan Eden can only understand a limited, lim, with a limited view of the divine, of Hashem. So we need to get past the person's mind. How do we get past the person's mind? We have to 
intimidate the soul. You have to stress the soul a little bit. That's the point. Avala Balchuva, but the Balchuva, Shanim Shekhlaya the desire of his soul comes mitzada menagid. It's coming from something opposing him. That is beyond and much stronger than what you can achieve and what you can attain through understanding. And he gives two beautiful examples to that. You have, you have regular water. You have regular water. You ever go into a, uh, into a gas station, those of you who listen to the classes for many years will, 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 will say, oh, there he goes with this marshal again. I love, but I like this example. I think it's a, it's a good one. Go into a gas station and there's like a variety of like seven, eight different types of water you can buy. So if you're paid already $7.99 for fuel per, per, uh, per uh, gallon, I don't, those of you who are listening to us, uh, laughing at this. Yeah, this is California. We're paying already $7, uh, six ninety six. It's crazy what's going on here. <laughs> okay. In any case, so you already spent your entire wallet on fueling your car. You don't have too much money left to buy a fancy bottle of water. Right? So you look for the, for the most unappealing bottle, <laughs> I guess, and you buy the bottle and then you're paying whatever, $1.39 for the bottle. Maybe now with inflation, $1.90. And it looks out to you from the water fridge. What, 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 what looks down at the Fiji water? Uh, Fiji water is talking. From time to time, the Fiji water entices me and I buy Fiji water. Hardly ever. I want, but when I buy the Fiji water, I feel really good. I just spent $4.99. <laughs> Probably the same water in truth, <laughs> but at least, but really in truth, it's, it comes from the springs from Fiji or it comes from Iceland. <laughs> um, but the idea over here is that there is water and there's water. What's the highest quality water, the crispest water, the purest water, the most refreshing water is water coming from a deep spring. But how does the spring, how does the water go so, become so so beautiful? So I'm so not beautiful, so fresh and crispy and refreshing. So clean. That's the point. It's so clean. How is it so clean? Because it went through the biggest filter. What was its filter? It came from the earth. So it should be the dirtiest. So the point over here is really the all the water that comes out from the from beneath the earth, different places. It's really water coming from the ocean. The waters on the ocean seep deep, deep, deep under the under the into this. Right, the ocean is this huge bowl, so it seeps into the walls, and it goes into the one, and and then it, it it travels beneath, deep, deep, deep. I don't know in veins, deep, deep underneath the ground, and then it fights its way through all the springs that are coming up. So it's going through Earth. You would think it's getting really dirty. But guess what happens? Ocean water is for sure not drinkable. The cleanest, most refreshing, crazy water is order that the water that broke through the darkness. And that's the idea. The soul coming through the darkness is so powerful. 
it goes through the earth. Through this, they become more sparkly. Not sparkly, but more refreshed, fresh. And halachically also, they're called mayim chayim, living waters. And this is an example for the soul coming into a body and facing the earthiness of the body, the obstacles. The more spiritual you want to be, the body keeps on pulling you down. And from time to time, even getting a person to sin and pulling you down. And you get so frustrated. But eventually you're gaining tremendously because when the water comes out, it's so pure. Or another example, when you have a river flowing, you want to intensify the flow of the liver, river, what do you do? You can push the water. You can stand there and push it and push it. You can take an oar and push like a rowboat and push the water. How, how far stronger will it go? The way to get it going is create a dam. And block the water. Block it. Block it till it's... Can't go, and the water is coming in. Eventually, it breaks the dam, and the river is kicking. Crazy. When you stop them, when they break through, they go with such power. Take a look at Israel this week. Wow. God should bench. We're gonna we're gonna connect and give a blessing. God should bench the entire Israeli army. Wow. They're so motivated. They're so energized. They're so, because there was a huge blockage. There was something. They're coming there. They're, they're so motivated for to do what they need to do. This is unbelievable. So spiritually, our quest for God, so powerful. Now, this repentance is not only on sins. You don't have to sin in order to be dark. Just appreciating how far we are just because we're in the physical world. And once the, the, the soul breaks through the darkness, the motivation is not from the mind. Where's the motivation then coming from? It's coming from the purity of the soul's essence. Now, what does the soul's essence want? The soul's essence doesn't want rays. It doesn't want godly, godly, uh, you know, messages. It wants God Himself. And the yearning of the heart, is to become absorbed. to be included in God Himself. And that amazing mimer explains. That the Ra'usa the Liba, the yearning of the heart, only comes down in our physical world. Where do we see that? It says in a verse, Lechvaydi for my glory. Barasiv, I created it. Yitzartiv, I formed it. Af Asisiv, I also made it. Referring to the four worlds. Chvaydi, my honor, that's Atsilus, which is God's honor. Barasiv, I created it. Yitzartiv, I formed it. It's Bria and Yitzira, the world of creation, the world of formation. Af Asisiv, I also made it as our physical world. It was an amazing thing. There was a word af. Af is in between Yetzira and this world is the word af. Af means wrath, anger. Af also means a partition. What makes this world so dark? But af has another meaning. Af means also. So also seems to imply also something tremendously good. 
So how can the word af mean both anger, wrath, partition, concealment, but also the answer is from the concealments and the darkness that stress the soul out, that squeezes out the spring water from the soul. That's what brings forth the obstacle, the real momentum of the soul. And it, therefore, it raises up, it creates the, 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 the dynamite, so to speak, the fuel that's necessary to break out of the created realm and move into the, into the infinite realm. That only in the world of Asiya, that means a soul incarnated in a body, only there can we come to the yearning of the heart. That is above the intellect. Once we're yearning for God from above our intellect, we're, we're pulling God also from above his intelligence, which means we're reaching the Ain Self. And to draw down through this, the revelation of the supernal will, and the supernal crown, that's higher than wisdom. Look over there at great length. This is the whole purpose of prayer. Everyday prayer is to get to a place of truth. That's why the sages wanted that when you're doing mitzvahs, you should pray first. When you're doing... Um, when you're doing, um, when, you, when you're learning Torah, don't just do the mitzvah, do them, do them after you pray. Why? Because prayer is supposed to release this, 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 this innate yearning of the soul that comes from the obstacles. That's why regarding prayer, it says it's a ladder that stands on the ground and its and its tip reaches the heavens. That means you're starting from darkness. And prayer, you're seeking to connect and you're finding. You're tired. You're not in the mood, or you're seeking to connect, and your your thoughts are pulling you in all directions, and, and and but you're trying to connect. That itself, you know, that itself, you know, causes the soul to burst out, and you come to the Shema, and you're loving God with all your with all your soul, and then with all your might, which represents this gush of of powerful yearning. Then when you learn Torah and you do mitzvahs, it has such potency. It's pulling from the infinite. As opposed to, you know, Torah and mitzvahs driven by the human mind, the human understanding of its value. That's, that, that's, that's finite. Tshuva According to the Alter Rebbe, the whole davening is an exercise of tshuva, an experience of tshuva. Let's read a little further. This is the reason why the men of the great assembly instituted that we should pray before we learn. Because tshuva is the higher level of tshuva. It's this yearning. This is called a higher tshuva. This is why prayer is called a ladder that stands on the ground. And its tip reaches heaven. The Pidish Sulam, the latter Kayalat Filat, referring to prayer. It's the ascent of the soul. From the bottom up. And its top reaches the heaven. It reaches, it reaches the level. You reach a point where you burst 
and you reach the level of your soul, that's, the, that's called your heaven of your soul. It's called heaven because just like the heavens are like circular and they don't, they don't sit in a vessel. So to this level of our soul is not, is not logical. It's beyond. It's the singular point of the soul. It's an encompasses light. More than what the soul can hold. Much more than what the soul can hold as an internal in a vessel. And that's the reason why it's called Shamaima, heaven, Shamayim or Makif. It's an encompassing light. So it's a level of your soul that's not fathomable. It's a yearning that can't be contained in any in any in any reason. As we said earlier, it's a rapture. That's one part of prayer. One part of prayer is the ascent of the soul with a rapture. And the other part of prayer is. God's response to that is that he himself comes down, not only his rays. Baruch Atta, that you, God, Baruch, are drawn down into the world. We draw from up, down. The revelation of the Onen Sof, literally, that God should be in a state that we can, and the point Atta means that we can see him and say, you are. That Havaya should be our God, our godliness. Not just the ray. Havaya is the infinite light. That should be Elokeinu, should be our life force. And this is the meaning, hero Israel. Shema Yisrael, here. And here over it says elsewhere that Shema also means gather yourself together, focus all your energy for what? Havaya Elokeinu. That Havaya transcendent infinite light should be our life force, not just a ray, a little trickle. But so we said earlier through the prayer, the first part of the prayer, the rising energy. And that's what in Shema we say the opposite. The purpose is stated first. Havaya Elokeinu, Havaya should be our God. How? Because you will love God. God says, you know, romance me. Get me. Draw me. Through your love, with all your soul. First he explains what does it mean to love God with all of our faculties. You say very, it says to love God with all your heart. Then it says with all your soul. He explains all your soul means with all your faculties. That means get your entire being involved in it. But you're still operating from your faculties. And therefore, you're, you're drawing godliness down. You're causing a light, a powerful divine light to come down into the world, but from the divine faculties. It's from the divine faculties. It's not God himself. It's 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 from the it's from the it's from the spheroids. It's not from the Ebesh himself. To draw down from the Ebesh himself, mamish. To draw from the Ebesh himself, mamish. You need you need bechol bechol maodecha. You need to go higher, uh, because bechol maodcha means your rapture. 
and then you're touching the beyond you're, you're touching Kesser, the insult. The Kamoishalamaila, just like above Yesh Esa Spheras. There's ten spheras. Shall Yodam Nimshachashefa, through them comes the flow, ain't soif from the ain't soif, but all the most in the worlds. A person has ten, pa- ten faculties of their soul, seichel intellect, omides and emotions, and this is man's service, to bond all elements of the soul. You have to you, you should bond all of our faculties. You should have one obsession. All your faculties should be obsessed with God. Hanikra esespheres. What 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 are the what are the in, the intelligence and the emotions of God are called the ten attributes. And through this, you're getting connected not just to God's mind, you're getting to connect it to God, but the godliness that's contained in the vessels. Not yet God as he transcends. For that, you need a higher, a higher, a higher uh, trigger. First, gather all your powers together. Then you can trigger higher. Becoming, you, you connect yourself not just to the faculties, but the infinite light that's dwelling in them. Person should not get caught up with God's cool mind. It's like it's almost like someone says, "I don't care, Hashem, if I'm if you're involved at all. I'd like to just I'd just like to get your brains." That's not the point. You want a, a relationship with God through his mind. You want a relationship with God through his emotions, through his kindness. It's almost like a person waiting for the kindness of God, but I don't want a relationship with God. I would just like his kindness. No, no, no. Your main appreciation of getting a, receiving a kindness from God is that by God giving you kindness, you touched God now. God extended himself to you. So it should, and that's what they say. Just say, can, try, seek to connect to him and not to his attributes. Deeper than his attributes. I am the power of the Sharlam and Beis. However, even when this is the intention, it's still limited because you you're 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 bonding from where from your Ella. Now, when we are God, when we are bonding to God's attributes, we do that through bonding to the Torah. When we attach. A person bonds his own mind and his intelligence in God's uh, um, intelligence, Torah, which is the Torah. Also, connect yourself to God's emotions. Love him with all your soul. This is what it means. Love him with all your soul, your ten faculties of your soul. That means all of your soul. Bond every part. Don't have just like a little piece of you connecting to God. Your mind, plug into God. Your emotions, plug into God's emotions. Following God's ways. God loves kindness, do kindness. God is just, be just as well. Ah, But there is a level that transcends that. And that's the main point of prayer. Not pachol nafshecha. It's to reach pachol ma'odecha. There is God as He transcends; He's infinitely above the ten the ten attributes. It's not even counted with them klal at all. Because this is a level that's purely ain'tso. and that is the supernal will, the will of God, not God's intellect, and the will of Hashem Baruch This exists in the soul as well. 
Corresponding to that, our souls also have a desire for God that transcends reason, that transcends not understanding. We should come to a place of rapture, which is what King David would rapture, and he would say, who is to me in the heavens? Don't give me anything from heaven. My, 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 uh, My, 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 my body is expiring for you. My flesh is, is. This is with all your might. All your souls. On the soul, it's referring to the three lower levels of souls. We know the soul has four, five names, which refer to five levels of soul. The first three levels of the soul are vested in the body. The upper two levels of the soul are too intense to be in the body. body there's no vessels. So, B'chol Nafshecha means to serve God with all of your invested powers, in the invested element of your soul. B'chol Mo'odcha means to engage also on a level, to become conscious and to stir up the more transcendental powers of your soul, superpowers of the soul. That's the Nefesh Ruch Neshama, which is the intellect and the emotion. And all your might, this is the, the higher will. It's the level of Yechida and the level of Chaya. They transcend the intellect. They're higher than understanding. Who triggers these higher levels of souls? That's the difference between Tzadik and Balchuba. The tzaddik operates in nefesh ruach neshama. The balchuva activates chai and yechid, and we come into this world to activate that level of soul. And like we spoke earlier, when water is being held back, it has power. The question is, how can a person consciously work on stimulating that? It either happens or it doesn't happen. How do you drive that? So the Rebbe explains it comes through having compassion on yourself. You know, when you start having compassion your, on your soul, when by, by meditating a little bit on how your soul, how one's soul is so lost and how we're so stuck in silliness all the time, and we keep on forgetting truth, you come to a place where you pity your own soul. The pity of the soul, the pitying, the, the mercy is the key to open up the soul to allow this gushing love that's transcendent love to come out. That's why the whole um, avoda of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is very much compassion. Because that's mainly in the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur season, that's the time when you're really operating with this higher love, this power. The Alter Rebbe wants us to do it all year long also. But he says that's why we speak a lot about compassion before Shema. Have mercy on us. We evoke compassion. And I'm going to stop over here because we're going to, the next whole piece is going to speak about compassion. But you see, if, you, if I had to characterize what happened to the Jewish people this week, this rapture is taking place. We, we, we experience such a poke and such an obstacle that, you know, people don't realize that the Jewish people are one, we, we, we sometimes fight around. We do, we're, we're one soul. You mess with one of us, you mess with every single Jew. There is such a oneness today. There's such a 
complete overhaul, a, a disregard to all the differences that were once plaguing our people. We're so one. And we're so motivated for Mashiach. And we're so motivated to eradicate evil from the world. Stopping at nothing. Today I heard Naftali Banet said, they have no idea. They woke up a lion. They woke, we the Jewish people, we're a lion. And we are now on pumping. This is, and, and, but I mean, it's not just, you know, what needs to be done, but it's also to God. There's such a deep awakening. There's such a powerful awakening. Because, and it's coming, what did we see? Where did it come from? It's coming from the enormous compassion that we have for, for the suffering. What, what is triggered? Who's the most intense emotion this week? Anger and compassion. Tremendous compassion. And, 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 and this is going to explain what the relationship of compassion is. Why does the compassion have that power? In other words, to get to this transcendental place, it, it's almost like you can't go there with your mind because it's beyond your mind. There's, so you have to find the key that speaks to the, that somehow stirs this by yourself. Compassion is very powerful. Okay, we'll stop over here. And uh, so where he's going to go with all of this is through this service, we increase the Ganeidin. And as a result of that, we create a new, we, we, we bring Hashem into the heaven and the earth. But this is the heaven and the earth of today's days. This is more explaining where we're bringing God into heaven. Later, he's going to explain how we bring it further down into earth. And then finally, he's going to say, but that's our part. When we're done, God takes over. And he will then bring on a much higher level. The new heaven and the new earth, as we shall see. Let us hope that we see already all of this in a revealed way now.